one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy discuss Manchester United against Newcastle in the Carabao Cup, a rematch, of course, of last season's final. But which club has made the biggest strides since then? Meanwhile, Celtic banned the Green Brigade fans group from attending home matches. Was this the right decision? We hear from the Celtic fans. Plus, what reception will Declan Rice receive when he goes back to the London Stadium with Arsenal tonight? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Uh, Simon, tonight, eight months on from Manchester United, lifting the Carabao Cup uh, at Wembley after beating Newcastle. Who do you think has made the bigger strides since that Wembley final? Manchester United or Newcastle? Oh, I think you'd have to say... Um, Newcastle in the here and now, wouldn't you? I mean, I would imagine if you look at the 10 games of last season that Newcastle started and where they are now, there probably is a degree of comparison in where they are in the league. But now what they've done is they, they play Champions League football and they're beginning to be cu- accustomed to the idea that they are a club that people are expecting big things from. Um, their football is uh, a pleasure to watch most of the time. Their fan base are as engaged as any fan base you can possibly get. Yeah. Um, so when you factor that into two arguments that you make about Manchester United, Manchester United's fan base will always be engaged with wanting to be successful, but they're disengaged with the football club. The team's performance on the whole is scrappy and bitsy and disappointing, and you've got all kinds of issues left, right and centre, whether it's players that are speaking out of turn, players that have got themselves into hot water, and results that are very unbecoming of Manchester United, specifically at home. So you look at it and say, it's comparing chalk and cheese. Now, there may only be two point, there may only be you know, two places in the league between them, but in terms of direction of travel, put aside when you close your eyes and you think of Manchester United, these are two clubs heading in different directions. You've got a football club that's got all the expectation and managers in complete harmony with the fans, a style of play that's beginning to manifest itself and a group of players that are fully committed. Yes, yes, you've got the Tenali situation that's caused a problem. Of course. And that, and that, yeah. is, and that, is, an, that is a challenge that a lot of football clubs that won't go have, away. have with players' behaviour. Players' yeah. behaviour. Yeah. But as a matter of course, you look at Newcastle and you say, most football clubs... I'll have some of that. Thank you yes, very much. Yes. Because Man United, I'll have less of it. You've got a captain in the Newcastle side that's leading by example. You've got players that are pulling the same way. You've got players responding to the coach. 
any of that ring true for Manchester United? No, it's a good point. It's a good comparison. But when you look at Newcastle, have they progressed or have they plateaued? Oh, no, I think they've definitely progressed. Okay. I mean, I, I, I would maintain that if Newcastle are able to achieve, again, a position in the Champions League, that would, in part, even if it were exactly the same position of fourth in the league, would be progress because retaining that opportunity, I think, is remarkable at this stage in Newcastle's development. You know, I, I liken it to, to Manchester City, and the comparison I think is is valid. Mm-hmm. That City took some time in 2008, once Mansour's money really started to find its way into the into the veins of Manchester City's team yeah. to get themselves into positions where they were really looking like they were going to challenge at the top. We knew it was coming because of the money. With Newcastle, bang straight out of the gate. Eddie Howe walks through the door. Relegation becomes a thing of people's imagination. The following season, they play beautiful football, engaging football, exciting football. So they get themselves into a top four position, get to a cup final, lose it in a you know in a game that was neither here nor there. And here they are again. They you know they they go into Champions League games. They show no fear. I think it was a great reality check against Dortmund because I think that was that was a necessity. Okay, Robert, Robert yeah. Lee spoke about it about right. the, the PSV right. grain of sand in their shoe after the Barcelona match twenty years earlier. Yeah. So I think undeniably Newcastle are still still to me in forward motion. They're not plateauing. Not, okay. Not, not yet. Who, who, who did you say walked into the more difficult landscape, Simon? Uh, Ten Hag or Eddie? Um, for I would say possibly. Ten Hag because for the reasons being is United and the optics of United create this immediate fireball and this immediate attention scan yeah, span. Simon, it, Newcastle were almost bottom yes, they almost but, gone to the championship but, but they had rid themselves of the wicked witch of the west you know Mike Ashley had gone so there was this feel good factor that even if Newcastle had got relegated I think the fans would have still been supportive of a regime that perhaps was the change of direction the brand of football was going to be different but they didn't so, he, so I think Ten Hag because the expectation of Newcastle was, you know, <clears throat> he's dead, thank God, Mike Ashley's gone, metaphorically. Yeah. Let's move on to a op- new opportunity. So I think that might have been a slightly softer landing. I know that there would have been a background noise that uh, that Eddie Howe might not have been the first choice because of Unai Emery. I don't suggest it's a free hit. In no shape or form was it a free hit because he created almost instantaneously... Uh, a, a, a different feel about Newcastle on the field not just the fans being totally in sync with a new ownership model totally in sync with a new opportunity but yeah. Ten Hag walks in to this basket case car crash of a football club that staggers from one disaster to another whilst dominating the back pages of the newspapers in every single instance of what they do and dominating the radio waves and that's a different kind of pressure because United operate in a different vacuum than 95% of most clubs. So before kick-off tonight, Simon, we are we agreeing that Newcastle have progressed? They've more than plateaued, they've progressed, but Manchester United have gone backwards. Yes, I think so. As we sit here today, and of course we're, we're 10 games into a Premier League season, so, you know, it's it's a swallow, not a summer yet. Yeah. But I, I do think you, can, you, cannot, you cannot suggest that United this season have made one iota of progress... Newcastle have had a couple of fits and starts yeah. but I think given they're in the Champions League given that there's a potential that the Champions League can be a distraction and we often hear about teams having to play in European competitions coming back in midweek for midweek games and having a challenge there and afterwards yeah. More, most of what Newcastle have produced this season has been continuing in the, in the vein of impressing people I think most of what Man United have produced this season is continuing in the vein of unimpressing people Would you have said that immediately after that cup final? Eight months ago. 
Well, you would have assumed that United were beginning to regain some of their poise, regain some of the, the sentiments and ideals that was that Ten Hag was brought in to, 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 to try and instil in them. Yeah. Yet the same circle, and I know that the argument will, will be made by the Gary Nevilles of the world, and there is some validity in the argument about the environment that you create as an owner then drips down. But most of the time, if a football manager... Most of the time, what managers want the ownership nowhere near them. They don't want to be. They want to be in their own space. Yeah. So when you're dealing with making appointments like Bruno Fernandes as your captain, and when you're dealing with the, like Danny Murphy regularly espouses of the lack of consequence for senior players or top players that don't do their jobs on the pitch that still find themselves in the team the following week. Yeah. That whole dynamic of the Manchester United way that Ferguson installed over 26 years and Matt Busby had once upon a time, uh, you know, yeah. in, uh, culminating in 1968, is not present. At United. So I think Ten Hag is still floundering to find that formula. And again, sure. I maintain the view. I'm not sure he's going to. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Many of you getting in touch regards uh, Celtic taking the decision. Simon and I touched on it moments ago. Uh, Celtic emailed this group of supporters yesterday, this so-called group of Celtic ultras called the Green Brigade, and said, that's it. Sorry, you're no longer welcome at games. Celtic said this, we are writing to advise that due to repeated incidents of unacceptable conduct involving the Green Brigade group, the club has suspended the season tickets of all season ticket holders who've registered with this ticket office as being part of this group pending further review. Uh, therefore, your ticket will not be eligible for use. So, in other words, Simon, the club feel they've been pushed and now they've been pushed too far yeah. and they've done something. Yeah, I mean... As we know, football clubs can very rarely control what people say. They can only react to it. But they can do deal with what people do. Uh, and in this instance, with that list of charges, you've got a sense of uh, perspective on not just the ultimate straw that's broken the camel's back, I suspect, which is the, the situation of waving the political flags against the club's request and then waving them in such a way that the club had asked them not to do, i.e. In, in numbers. But if you've got that list of charges in isolation... Why would anybody in the Green Brigade 
Um, as much as I struggle with grown men wanting to be part of something called a Green Brigade, and maybe that's my lack of understanding um, as an Englishman and not being in that part of the world, I, I, I look at it and say, why would anybody think that they have an entitlement to behave in that fashion? Why would they think that they're able to abuse uh, members of the staff at, at, at football grounds? Why would they go in, involved with instances that Celtic haven't been specific about at Hibs? Why would they think they can break into a stadium and let off flares? Why would anybody think that they can do these things. Now, the other side of the argument will be, if you tell me that the Green Brigade are quite vociferous, they'll have another side of this argument, perhaps refuting and denying this and saying that the real reasons why the Celtic management have decided that this is the time now is yeah. because of the support towards the Palestinian cause. And they'll say, well, we're entitled to our views. You are entitled to your views, but you're not potentially entitled to your views inside a football stadium if said football club yeah. says we don't want these demonstrations. Well, so it would be interesting to see yeah. if any of these Green Brigade gang have the wherewithal or the courage of their convictions to come and express their reasons why what they're doing or what members of their group are doing is in some way... Uh, uh, something they're entitled to do yes. and something that should be tolerated by the football club that they support. Well, I mean, as always on this show, and I stress this, and I mean it, we're all about balance. So if if you think this is a good thing that the club has done and you back Celtic, come on and tell us. If you're a member of the Green Brigade and you think it is my right to protest about whatever I care to protest about, wherever I choose to do it, inside or outside Celtic Park, you can forget the inside bit for the time being, then join us. Come on and tell us why. And we'll keep it level-headed. Of course we will. 03717 There's a message. Jim, I go to games. I was at the Atletico Madrid game. There were Palestine flags the whole way around the stadium. The Green Brigade section holds 3,000. Ten times that had Palestine flags inside the ground. Uh, and so the Celtic support backs a Green Brigade. 03717 Darren, you're a Celtic fan. And thanks for joining us. Do you back the club or do you back the Green Brigade? Listen, I don't back either one of them. I think to, you know, take away everyone's season ticket from the Green Brigade is a very, very strong stance from Celtic Football Club. You know, and let's not kid ourselves the reasons why that was done on the back of, of the game against Atletico Madrid. And like that last text said, the whole stadium was full of Palestinian flags. You know, and I think Celtic Football Club has always stood on the side of, of oppression and sung songs of oppression. And, I, I, you know, I understand that, Darren, but is this not the tip of the iceberg? You know, like uh, flares being let set off inside grounds, storming of fire doors at Celtic Park, your own place, the abuse yeah, of staff, right. pitch yeah, incursions. That, 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 that needs to be stopped and that needs to be, you know, I don't buy for a minute that every single member of the Green Brigade or that corner has given abuse to staff. You know, I've sat on planes with the Green Brigade to away games. And a lot of them have shown the utmost respect to members of staff from away stadiums and away supporters. And I think, you know, the media, again, is plastering every single Celtic fan in that standing corner as an extremist. And that's just not the case. No, that, that's they're... not what they're doing, Darren. Ultimately, the media is reacting to what Celtic Football Club are doing. And what Celtic Football Club are doing, who are far more conversant with it than I, are saying, we don't want this behaviour. And the difficulty is we're going to be having difficulty to isolate it. So we'd really, we, what we'd really like to do is have a peer-on-peer -peer management position, which is basically 
banning the Green Brigade and letting the Green Brigade sort it out amongst themselves, which is if you've got agitators in there that are refusing to behave in a certain way, and I take your point about the, the nature of the football club's belief about oppression and, and always talking about it, but we are in a different world at times now than the worlds we've been in before, and there does need to be some balance in the way that people behave in a football stadium, then they will be taking the Green Brigade out to hope, hopefully suggest that they regulate themselves. John, you're a Celtic fan and you've been waiting very patiently. Is this the right decision by the football club? Where do you stand on it? Good morning. 100% the right decision, Jim. I fired an email away to the then CEO of Celtic um, around about 15, 16 months ago, Jim, where I told him I was giving up my season ticket, which I'd held since 1994, primarily on the back of the behaviour of this mob. One word sums up the Green Brigade, Jim. Embarrassing. They have embarrassed our football club. This is not to do with flying Palestine flags, Jim. This has gone back for a few years now, both home and away. They've been abusive. The chap, the, the, the email you just read out a second ago there, Jim, where he said that there'd been no evidence yep. of abusing. It's nonsense, Jim. I've been at Celtic Park. I have friends who are season ticket holders at Celtic Park who have seen it. It's not just the stewards that have been abusing, Jim. They've been abusing fans as well. Fans who don't comply with what the so-called Green Brigade believe what a true Celtic supporter is or isn't, they've been abused as well, Jim. And I've seen that with my own eyes. So they can fire off any text or email they want to you. I've seen it, Jim, and others have seen it. Inside that stadium and outside of that stadium, Jim, and away from Celtic Park. In fact, if anything, many cases are actually worse their behaviour away uh, at some of the away grounds, Jim. You're, you're speaking um, very courageously, John. Do you feel you're speaking for quite a number of Celtic supporters this morning? I, I can tell you I'm speaking for the Celtic supporters that I know, Jim. I'm 53 years of age. I've been a Celtic supporter all my life. I believe the Celtic supporters, you touched on it with Simon earlier on, are the greatest in the world. You only have to look at European nights or old fun games and, and listen to it. I've spoken to supporters from other clubs, primarily in England, but other clubs like Barcelona fans. I've spoken to them, Jim, who have told me the atmosphere at Celtic Park is absolutely fantastic. Now, to be fair, Jim, not all of the, the people in that corner of the stadium you're talking about fall into the category that I'm talking about. A lot of them, are no doubt, are very genuine Celtic supporters. And it's absolutely true. The atmosphere that comes out of that when it's football-related, Jim, is fantastic. I've seen it and witnessed that I've been in the stadium. But the trouble with the Green Brigade is, Jim, they have decided they no longer want to be football fans. They no longer want to be season ticket holders or support Celtic like I've done for over 50 years. What they've decided to be is a political organisation, Jim. They've decided that any political bandwagon that suits them, they're going to jump on it, Jim. And they don't care what damage that does to Celtic's reputation. They don't care what damage that does to people looking at Celtic and people that I've had to speak to explain the behaviour of these guys. The message needs to get through to these people, Jim. They do not represent Celtic. They do not represent me. They do not represent the majority of Celtic fans that I know. And that's just the fact of it, Jim. What they are is a group of fans in the corner of that stadium Acting the way they do. How many? I, I, I was going to ask. Other, John, how many? Yeah. Yeah. Were you thinking that, Danny? Was, how, yeah. how many? Honestly, John, can you put a figure on it? Well, I, I, I don't know, Jim, because I don't yeah. know what part of okay. that. Okay. You know, I understand, but John, John, I, I, do you think the band should they stay banned? 
Well, if they're going to keep carrying on the way they are, Jim, yes. And as I said, I'm not phoning you up today because of what took place at Celtic Park last Wednesday. No, sure. The Palace. Sh- sure. I'm phoning up. This is not an isolated case, Jim. This behaviour has been going on for years, Jim. And anybody who says other than that are kidding themselves, Jim. This has been a long time coming. When I heard that the Celtic board for once, and I'm no fan of the Celtic board, Jim, but when I heard that this had actually happened, I can tell you I was over the moon, Jim. Because for all the good they do and the atmosphere and the, the incredible colour they create, and everyone who's watched it on television must have seen it, for everything they do, Jim, this is the trouble with them. They create negativity. And as I said to you, Danny and Simon, earlier on, one word sums them up. Embarrassing. How, how are they going to differentiate between the guys you said, because in that corner you said there's some good fans and there's some good people there. How, how are they going to implement it and differentiate between them? Danny, when I've been there um, a couple of nights, they, you can always appreciate that night there's flares going off everywhere, there's smoke mm. going off. I've seen them abused. My biggest issue, Danny... The abuse of stewards is disgraceful. And that chap who sent that email in the gym read out is, is talking nonsense. I've seen them abusing stewards, Jim, when stewards, uh, sorry, Danny, when stewards have attempted to go in and take flares and bury they've, they've just abused them. Mm. My biggest issue with this mob, Danny, is they've been abusing their own fans. Forget everything else, Danny. Forget what they think or don't think about how Celtic are run and not run. I have witnessed them, Danny, verbally abusing and threatening other Celtic well, fans. John, we want to thank you for your comments this yeah. morning because um, you've spoken extremely well and extremely courageously. Thank you so much, uh, John, for your view. Jim, another Celtic, one of many, many, many Celtic fans trying to get through this morning. Jim, good morning. Do you agree with what your fellow supporter, John, has just been telling us? Well, some of it. Um, but I actually, I'm in that section behind the Green Brigade. Um, so I agree with some of the things they do, and I, agree, and I don't agree with other things, like the flares and stuff. Being choked quite a lot by the flares. Um, so they shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Um, he's, that guy there is saying, oh, whatever suits their political agenda. Well, it's a left-wing agenda, right? So they got, um, and, and to a certain extent, right, the Green Brigade think that they, they're the people, there was no atmosphere at Parkhead. Celtic didn't exist before they were there. And I keep telling them they're wrong about that. Because um, you know, Jim, especially you, you'll know that that is just not the case. Okay, I mean, uh, Jim, you're so right. I've been to Celtic Park on many nights, European nights, of course, when the great Celtic teams were playing. And there was no Green Brigade and the atmosphere was magnificent. Right, so I've got so I've got problems with some of the stuff they do. Yeah, other stuff, specifically the Palestinian stuff. Right, um, I've not got a problem with that. The club, as you know, was set up. It's a politi- It was set up politically anyway. What could be more political? Been setting up a club for the maintenance of soup tables for immigrants. But Jim, here's the right. thing: is this the right decision by your club? No. No, because they need to sit down and talk to them. Right? They, what, what does it achieve if you just ban people? Simon, you're not having that. You, would you say to Jim well, that they, they won't talk? Well, given the list of offences that they've been alleged to have, have committed, which is breaking into stadiums, setting off flares, abusing stewards and general behaviour, what do you believe that you negotiate and, and, and have a conversation with those people? Is that what you genuinely believe that you do? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Simon, I've never seen them abusing anybody, and uh, fans or uh, stewards, 
and I'm near so do you think so, so do you think that the Celtic board are making these things up simply to uh, no, actually hide no, the agenda that they didn't want not. I mean it's, this behavior probably does exist they either broke into a stadium or they didn't as a matter of fact and they even set flares up or they didn't right look but if, if they did then why they not why is this not being talked about but why, why would you need to talk about it? I mean, you, you, you're going to reason with people whose behaviour is unacceptable. They know that that's something they shouldn't do. Why would you need to discuss that with them? That's not something you do. Why did you do it? Who cares why they did it? Would you not do it again? Well, is that the sort of conversation you envisage happening with people that think that sort of behaviour is moderately acceptable? You have to consequence them, not, and unfortunately everyone in that group gets consequenced, to get rid of the people that are the agitators to allow people to behave in a fashion which is becoming of Celtic fans. Right, so what is the point of having CCTV and grounds, Simon, if you can't pinpoint the agitators? Well, that's an argument. I don't know if the CCTV extends to following people that are breaking into stadiums and follows them onto the pitch, but you have an argument there where they might be able to single that out and ultimately Celtic can explain why they haven't yeah. taken that course of action. Jim, because of the volume of calls, we're going to move on. We'll take more of the other side of this break because this show was always intending to speak about this this morning. The reaction, I must say, is pretty much seismic. Uh, Kenny has got in touch. Jim, as a Celtic supporter and with regard to this Green Brigade, never have we seen a bigger gap of attention-seeking, self-important, egotistical fans who think they're bigger than the club. If they conducted themselves in the same way in a public street or at work, they'd be arrested or they'd be sacked. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Jamie is a Celtic fan and Jamie, it's my understanding you're a member of the Green Brigade, is that right? Aye, that's right. Okay, welcome to, to our show this morning. So, when you heard the news yesterday that your own club have banned you, what was your reaction to it? <laughs> well, we were collectively raging. We got together, had a discussion, and to be honest, this is just classic for this board. In what way? Well, this board, for the get-go, have been nothing short of a disgrace. They know what our political views are. For, uh, when our ancestors came over to Ireland, the, uh, the struggle's been the same. I think the Palestinians have the same struggle. And they've... Uh, They've just cast us aside. What about the other accusations, Jamie? What about the other accusations made against you and your organisation? Gaining illegal access to Celtic Park in the game against Lazio, is that true? No. Where's the evidence for that? Flares let off on the, the match against Feyenoord, is that true? Aye, that's right, aye. Unsafe behaviour at Easter Road, is that true? No. So, that, so that's not true. So you're obviously at loggerheads with your own club do you ex- do you respect the board of Celtic absolutely no respect for them they don't they don't have anything in common with normal fans but when they ask you not to do something Jamie are they not right to expect you not to do it Jamie other other Celtic fans this morning are calling you an embarrassment these are your own fans these are, fan, these are fans of your gr- these are fans Jamie of your great fans, club who say you go too far they're not proper Celtic fans, Jim. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. I, th- I think it's only right and proper we have the final word on this with a Celtic fan, and Benny is a Celtic fan. Benny, good morning. So many so many Celtic fans coming to wear, mate. Good morning. We're good, Benny. Thank you for, for doing this. Um, so where, where do you stand on the fact that the club have now said to the Green Brigade, enough's enough? You're not coming back for the time being. 
correct decision. They've got to stand up to them. No, no player or no manager is bigger than our club. So certainly, no group of fans are bigger than our club. And for that moron who was on from the Green Brigade there, saying, I am not a true Celtic fan because I don't have his beliefs. I've been going to Celtic Park longer than that child's been born. I see some of them get in there. And I've got children older than some of these kids. And they think they are the big I am. I'm this, I'm that. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I'm not a true Celtic fan. Seriously, I am absolute feeling with a clown like that calling Celtic fans not true Celtic fans because they don't want to wave a Palestine flag. Absolute ridiculous statement. How, Benny, how would you describe then, just to sum it up, the decision that the board has made at Celtic Park to say to the Green Brigade, no, you're out. For the time being, you're out. Decision. They have got to put them out. Not forever. Uh, they do probably need to sit down and have a chat because... Give them the credit, they bring noise, they bring songs, bring colour, bring an atmosphere. It's fantastic. But, as somebody else has said, there's been an atmosphere at Celtic Parks for a lot, years and years, long before the Green Brigade were even born. So there'll be an atmosphere again. But no, I think something needs to happen. And yes, it's the joke, hopefully, they need to say, no, you don't rule. And to that chap to say, no, uh, they cannot tell us what today to do, we can do what we want. So that's Celtic Park's house. So if he comes into my house and I say to him, don't put your feet in that table, he's just <laughs> going to do it. Don't be so stupid. Benny, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Benny, thank you. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. If you're a West Ham fan tonight, what should be expected of you when Declan takes to the pitch in an Arsenal shirt? Um, expectation from whom? Well, if you get it, when you look from at Declan, it, maybe when, when you look at the whole thing in 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 context, it's fair to say Rice gave everything he possibly could Absolutely. to the football club. The, Sullivan and the rest said yes to 105 million, and off he goes. Well, I think and the rest is history. As Sullivan said, there, you know, Declan made it clear he wanted to leave, and rightly so because he's an ambitious boy and he's playing now Champions League and looking to win a title. And I get it, and it, and the majority of West Ham fans get it as well. But there's always going to be a minority who want to boo because they they think it's greed and they think West Ham's the only club in the world and you should stay there once you're there and that's the way it is. And you get you get a minority every club who believe that. Ultimately, what he did for the club was brilliant. He get, he was he played all the games. He, he played. He lo- never left anything out there. He's won. He's lifted a trophy, which they hadn't done in God knows how many years. If anyone deserves a, a decent ovation, it's him. Yeah. Whether he get whether he gets it or not, I don't know if he'll be bothered. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll expect it. But yeah. there will be a few who'll vent their vent their frustration. Well, we'll we hear from David Moyes in a second. But Simon, mean, I mean, when you think of 105 million to West Ham, yeah. West Ham get the dough. Arsenal get the player. Who get the better deal? Um, I think it's a, a, a deal that worked for both parties. West Ham got a lot of money for for Declan Rice, a lot of money, and he got to go where he wanted to go. So it's one of those rare deals where it's a quid pro quo. You know, both have come out of it. You know, David Sullivan only addressed the issue because the player had made it clear to him that he was going to leave. 
you know, the player's under contract, and West Ham, and given the nature of the football industry, you have to play a particular game, which is irrespective of the contract you sign them on. Once you get to a certain part of that contract, you have to accept you're going to sell them. Otherwise, the player will run the contract down, and they will take all the benefits, and they will get all of any transfer fee in their salary. So I don't think he should either be booed or cheered. I think he did a great job at West Ham, but what do you pay players to do then? A bad bleeding job? No, but that, he, he excelled at well, West Ham. Well, you know, he excelled. No one can deny well, that. Because his talent levels, okay, his talent levels enabled him to excel at a club like West Ham, mm. right? So with that in mind, should he have hidden his talent under a bushel? That was his talent level. So he did his job. And this unnecessary fawning sentiment of saying, well, he should be given a hero's reception. But that's, that's or not but, but the case. that, that sentiment would suggest that nobody ever gets a decent reception because everybody's no, no, doing no, their no, job. I'm, 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 I'm suggesting reception, but should he be booed? Depends on the mindset of the person that's booing them. Are we suggesting that people can't express their views? Do I think it's... Do I, would I boo a player that came back? No, half of the players I got, got rid of a palace, I would have cheered them coming back because I got rid of them somewhere else. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that you know, it's, the, it's, it's the price on the tickets. It's the way that football is held together. Emotivity, some of it constructive, some of it destructive. Not all of the atmosphere in the ground, not all of the songs are lovely. And Declan Rice, if he's got anything about him, well, look at the decisions that he made, the choices that he made in a sport that ultimately benefits them ridiculously because of the emotive investment that people have in sport and the reasons why broadcasters and go, well, if some people boo me, so what? Yeah. I made my choice. Yeah. I did my job at West Ham. No one can ever look at my body of work yeah. and no one can ever say to me, when I was at West Ham, I let you down. No, exactly. And if he's having an argument with unreasonable people, then they'll be unreasonable. I yeah. said, I'd, 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 I'd be amazed if the majority didn't give him a good ovation. Yes. I would have thought so. I would be too. And so would David Moyes. This was him in the topic. Well, I hope he will be back because uh, you've got to remember, this is the this is the man who, who lifted the first European trophy in 45 years, was it? 50, 50 yeah. years. So he should he should be welcomed back with, with open arms and we're all looking forward to seeing him again. He was a, he was a brilliant member of the, the team. Uh, led the team brilliantly well. Uh, conducted himself impeccably uh, as a West Ham captain, as a player in his time here. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Deck. I've not seen him since he left, and uh, you know I hope he does. He does well. I don't know if I want him to play, but I hope he's there. <laughs> He'll be there. I mean, having said that, James West Ham fan Danny Declan didn't leave in the best of, with the best of comments. So when he said, "I didn't know football until I came here." when he went to Arsenal. Now, <laughs> well, so what, in my view? I'm sure that's, that's, not more, a, that's, that's not a snipe at West Ham. No, that's more a snipe at Moyes. I'm joking. That's 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 a compliment to Arteta and the level of players he's co he's training with. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't It's a direct criticism of West Ham United. No, it's not. <laughs> Stutter. It's a it's a compliment to Arteta and the players he's training with with nothing meant badly towards West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we've seen elsewhere what certain players are doing in terms of reputation Kane has very much you know that is the way we thought Kane would hit the ground running in Germany he's been, he's been magnificent Jude Bellingham has been nothing short of sensational how would you how would you sum up the transition of Rice to Arsenal Faultless, really. Pretty seamless is the word. I've um, I watched it really closely, obviously, because uh, I know him a little bit, and I, I was in intrigued to see how he'd adapt. And he, he, he's, he's kicked on. Yeah. He, he looks really comfortable at that in that team. And if anything, he's become a leader already in the side. You know, part he's not getting a sniff because of his quality. Um, he is in certain games being released out of that central position to go a bit more forward. 
He's getting a couple of goals. I I think does he look like a one hundred million plus player? Yeah, he does. Well, if you compare him to Caicedo and Fernandez, I mean, who would you rather have? Middle yeah. of the midfield. Yeah. Um, Rice Rice has Rice has looked really strong, really confident. I, I'm actually a little bit surprised he's done so well so quickly. I thought there'd be an adaptation of style. You've got to remember West Ham for many, many games he played in very pragmatic, a lot of time without the ball. It's a very different thing in football when you are always on the move looking for the ball to being always on the move looking to stop other teams. Because when I played that role deeper in the later years, you use hell of a lot of energy trying to make space to get on the ball. And then you you have that much of the ball, you have to you have to be more productive and more courageous with the ball. So And he's adapted to that really well. Mm. Whereas at West Ham, his time with the ball was much more limited. So I think the adaptation from West Ham to Arsenal was bigger than people thought, and I think he's done it brilliantly. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.